This episode of Locked On Sooners is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Hey, and coming up on today's show, we've got Patrick Kahn from the Third Down Conversion. He also manages the LSU Tigers Wire. He is college football knowledge at its best. He's been covering the he's covered the Longhorns, covered the Sooners, and now covering the Tigers. But he's a Texas Tech fan, so we've got him on the show to get us ready for Oklahoma versus Texas Tech. We'll break it all down. Talk about the Matt Wells hire, the Matt Wells firing, the Sunny Cumby promotion and what it all means for the Texas Tech Red Raiders heading into Norman on Saturday. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and you can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire at USAToday.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast, and coming next week on YouTube. So get ready for that. And joining me today, we've got a very special guest. You know him from previously, the Locked On Horns, Locked On Longhorns. Also covered the Longhorns for Sooner or for USA Today, covered the Oklahoma Sooners for USA Today, now covering the LSU Tigers at the LSU Tiger Wire for USA Today. But he's the guy all I've known really as a Texas Tech fan, Patrick Kahn. You can follow him on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. He just he just has all the college football insight you can want, especially along the Texas Tech line. So Patrick, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. Um, yeah, I was kind of all over the place, and it's it's funny because I've been tweeting a lot more about tech, and you know somebody like actually tweeted at me and they go, "Why would we listen to an LSU guy about tech?" And I'm like, <laughs> um, "Not everybody who covers a team is covering the team that they root for." Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, no, it was it was kind of a crazy situation that transpired, but not something that was, I don't know, a surprise. Um, I mean, going back to last year, we kind of knew this was coming. So it's only a matter of time. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of things have happened in Lubbock this last week. Uh, you know, Matt Wells kind of got the ax just a couple years and a half into his tenure there at Texas mm-hmm. tech. Kind of what was the sense leading up to that? Was that something that was expected? Yes, it was. Um, so we got just from people I talked to within you know, behind closed doors was we knew the Matt Wells firing was coming. Uh, but most of us thought it was going to happen between the uh, Oklahoma game and th- during the bye week uh, before they play Iowa State. And it came down a lot quicker. And the sense was they didn't want this. They didn't want the team to rally behind Matt Wells, somehow find a way to a bowl game and then have to stick with him for another year. Uh, the, the sense behind the closed doors is that Matt Wells wasn't anything in what they thought they were getting. And mm-hmm. if you you know me, I've been critical from Matt, Matt Wells hiring from day one. Yeah. 
you know, I, I thought it was a terrible hire. I thought that they went far too quick in trying to get somebody in there after they fired Cliff Kingsbury. And they went to Utah State. And, you know, somebody's like, oh, well, he just came off a 10-2 and two season. I said, yeah, but if you look at everything prior to that, his winning seasons came with somebody else's players. Mm-hmm. The first three seasons when he took over for Gary Anderson, who left to take the, the Wisconsin job. And then he had three losing seasons until Jordan Love came around, gives him a 10-2 and two season, and then, you know, he parlays that into the Texas Tech job. And I, I didn't like it from the get-go. And to see the product on the field, he's exactly what I thought he was. Yeah. And, you know, and I understand that, you know, there are circumstances and, and things because a new head coach can bring new life to a program. I mean, we we saw it with Matt Rule at Baylor, uh, right. what he did for a, a team that finished dead last. Uh, you know, I mean, there was a story, worst to first. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen coaches do that, and Dave Aranda's doing it now. Yep. Uh, with Baylor. I mean, so there's like, there's coaches that can come in and, and turn this thing around. And, you know, the one thing that, that I was so shocked by was the amount of vitriol that we have seen on social media towards Texas tech for firing Matt Wells after a five and three season. And it's like, you haven't watched any of the games, right? If you're saying, Oh, well, they're five and three, that should be the firing. They, uh, they shouldn't have fired him. Did you watch the game against Kansas state? Because that's a fireable offense right there. You, you're you up two touchdowns on more than one occasion in the first half and you lose a football game, yeah. a game in which you didn't score in the second half. You know, and, and here, here's a little stat. For the first time since Texas Tech played against Oklahoma in 1999, they com- their starting quarterback completed 10 or less passes. Wow. That doesn't happen at Texas Tech. Yeah. And – and to see that and to see everything that's going on, yeah, it had to happen. And so it wasn't a surprise. And he almost got fired last year. And the only thing that saved him was he fired his offense coordinator that he brought over from Utah State and David Yost. Yeah, sometimes that guy that can be the fall guy can give you a little bit of extra life. And do you think that the, the Kansas State loss was just kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back? Absolutely do. Uh, yeah. You know, I think the the performance, and you say what you want, but the performance against Texas, uh, you know, was bad. And, and people want to go, oh, well, they lost Tyler Shug uh, to a broken collarbone. But that, that game was well out of hand before that. that Tyler, Shug, Tyler Shug isn't stopping Texas from scoring 70 points. No, no, he's not. And, and you know, maybe it's uh, they remember the year before uh, mm-hmm. when, when Tech was – going up against Texas and, you know, we had that wild ending to that game, but uh, you know, and that, and that game right there is another reason. And it, so it's the struggles uh, to close out games. Uh, it was struggling against Houston Baptist program that has been around for less than 10 years, struggling against Stephen F. Austin. These are teams that Texas tech has never had problems with. Right. Those are the type of teams that they put 70, 80 points on, you know, Get, you know, let the third and fourth string guys that never see the field, you know, play in the second half. And, you know, that's that's always been the thing, like, you know, going back the last, you know, two decades. That's how mm-hmm. Texas Tech has played. They they schedule these gimme games for non-conference, get their younger guys some, you know, some time on the field, get them some snaps. And then, you know, they, they win seven, eight, nine games, you know, depending on how the season goes. And so the fact that Matt Wells cannot win more than five games in a season – uh, look at his record against Power Five. He's six and seventeen. Um, you know those those don't give you any confidence whatsoever. And rather than give this team an opportunity to rally behind their 
uh, you know, head coach that's come under fire. They just decided, let's just go ahead and do it now. And let's see what Sonny Cumbie has. Yeah. Cause when you start three and zero, and then you alternate wins and losses in big 12 play over the last five weeks, it doesn't really give you a whole lot to, to build off of. And, and, and it doesn't give you much confidence in a coach. Like if your only wins in conference are, are against Kansas and then, and then you follow that up the next week with, you know, losing by not scoring in the second half when you're a tech yeah. team that, that scores like that's, mm-hmm. that's Texas tech's thing. Like if they don't do anything else, they score. And it's not like, it's not a talented team. They've got some skill players on that team. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That are really, really good football players. And to not be able to score in the second half, Kansas state, they, they have a decent defense, but it's not Oklahoma state's defense or Baylor's defense, which Texas tech will have coming up in the last you know few weeks of the season. Both I of mean, them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was not going to be getting any better for Matt Wells and the Texas tech red Raiders. No, I mean, the final four games, all ranked opponents, essentially. Uh, all very good teams that are vying for a spot in the Big 12 title game. It's not going to be an easy, easy route. And, you know, and now they're kind of playing with house money. Can you yep. get a win? Can you get to the postseason? You know, because nobody's gonna really going to expect it because they fired their head coach. And, you know, so th- there's, there's a level of excitement there a little bit in terms of what can they do um, and then obviously there's the going to be the constant distraction of who's going to be the next head coach to come right. into Texas Tech. And, and, you know, that's something that I'm dealing with covering LSU right now. Same thing. It's like, who's going to be the next head coach? So not something that I'm unfamiliar with. And uh, we kind of went through this three years ago with, with Matt Wells and, and Texas Tech. So, you know, so here we go again. But, you know, it's, it's going to take uh, it's going to take a Herculean like effort uh, this weekend. Uh, playing against Oklahoma, you know, obviously top four, uh, likely going to be top four in the college football playoff rankings when they come out on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, it's just, they're going to have to find a way. And we'll have more of my conversation here with Patrick Kahn of the third down conversion as we continue to break down the Oklahoma Sooners versus Texas Tech coming up next. But let me talk to you about McDonald's. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. It was always my go-to in college or for a big meeting, getting ready for an interview to go get that sausage burrito and the hash brown. Love it. Just last night, got our our little baby that we're, we're taking care of that we're fostering, got him his first happy meal. And that was super fun too. He just loved having those French fries and cheeseburger, just had a blast with it. We were giving him little bits of the cheeseburger. And then he just kind of reached out and grabbed the whole thing for my wife and, and just had a blast having that. Uh, it's, it's always been a go-to for me and my family, whether we're on a road trip or we just need a quick meal after soccer practice, we go to McDonald's because it always delivers. So make sure you go to McDonald's, Get your refuel, get there and reconnect. McDonald's is the place to go to reconnect with your family and to get some great food. It's always a fun time. Got great Wi-Fi. You can get birthday parties there. Grab McDonald's after a busy day when you're late to something or you need something delicious and dependable. McDonald's is the place to go. So go check it out. Get your favorite meal. Get that super size. It's McDonald's. You know it. You love it. I'm loving it. Yeah, so let's kind of turn the page to Oklahoma. Now with Sonny Cumbie taking over as the interim head coach, how do you expect or Texas Tech's offense to change? Do you expect it to change much? Is he just kind of going to let it all hang out and go back to that Mike Leach air raid style and just 
go pedal to the metal and throw it 60 times a game with Henry Columbia? Uh, no, not at all. And the reason why I say it is because Sonny Cumbie's uh, air raid attack is different than Mike okay. Leach's. Um, you can also say the same thing about Graham Harrell at USC. He mm-hmm. runs the football. They, they do. They believe in running the football. And that's something Mike Leach doesn't believe in. You know, like, when you ha- yeah, I was going to say kind of like Lincoln Riley. Yeah, right. Um, you know, you have guys who were who served under uh, Leach, and they all have different ways of running it. And you're right, Lincoln Riley likes to run the football. Um, you know, I, my, my favorite quote, obviously, is a Mike Leach quote that 50 percent pass and 50 percent uh, run is you know 50 percent stupid. Um, you know, there is no balance. But if you can find the, you have to find the balance that works for your offense. Yeah. Now with a with a Lincoln Riley offense, you have so many weapons in the backfield. Mm-hmm. You know, Kennedy Brooks, he's, he's looked so much different with Caleb Williams back there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's now they're having, because I think, because they have to account for Caleb Williams running the football as we've seen. Uh, but you have Eric Gray who, you know, even going back to spring looked phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. in open space, I mean, but we knew what he was. And, but the thing with that is Texas Tech's offense, uh, it does thrive on the run game with Sirajic Thompson. Uh, Xavier White, Taj Brooks, you know, those are guys who can run the football. And I don't think it's going to change because if you go back and look at what Cumby was doing when he was calling plays at TCU, they ran the football, mm-hmm. whether it was with the quarterback. Now, what I do think that they're going to do is they're going to open up the offense a little bit. And, and what I mean by that is you have a guy in Eric Azukama who early on was leading the Big 12 in receiving uh, in yards per game, receptions per game, but he's kind of you know, I, I do know he was coming off the injury, uh, but when you saw that end around that they did or the jet sweep for the touchdown against Kansas State, he looked healthy. I mean, he looked good. Like, I didn't see yeah. – he, he didn't look like he was laboring at all. So, I think they got to find a way to get number 13, the football. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to be with Henry Columbi. Uh, and I'm not saying that he's not going to play. He's likely going to start. But but if if Henry Columbi can, continues to struggle – I wonder if they if they go to another quarterback in Donovan Smith, um, you know, a guy. And, and the thing that Cumbie has got to do against Oklahoma is he's got to give some different looks when number seven is on the field. Donovan Smith, when he comes in the field, everybody knows he's running the football. They, he has not attempted a single pass. Um, so they have got to find a way to kind of, you know, hide that a little bit, you know, give some, give some misdirection uh, to Oklahoma's defense, which – uh, you know, so find a way to confuse Alec Grinch's defense. Don't only put him on the field in running situations. They're going to have to, you know, dial up some some passes. And, and you know, and, and that's a good way to catch a defense off guard. If if you know you've done the advanced scouting and you know when number seven's on the field, they're not going to throw the ball. I mean, you're just going to load the box up. I mean, there's no reason not to. So uh, if they can find a way to open up with him. And, and I'd be kind of curious if this game gets out of hand. If uh, Baron Morton, the talented freshman, gets in, uh, you know, a lot of people say that his play style is very similar to Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to say he's that guy, but right. he moves around, he slings it, and he's got a strong arm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if the uh, freshman gets into the game at all. Um, that'll be interesting to see if Cumbie does it. And it's going to be different because Cumbie's going to have to be on the field, on the sideline. He's been calling from the booth, but now that he's the head coach, uh, you know, we'll see if that changes the way that the setup uh, at least for, for this game. And so what is like, if you're, if you're, if you're attacking Texas tech's offense, say you're Alex Grinch, you're trying to figure out how to slow down Eric as what do you do? 
Like he's just a, such a talented player and Oklahoma has really struggled in the secondary over the last few weeks of the season because they're missing a ton of guys. And, and we haven't heard for sure whether or not they're going to get anybody back in the secondary, whether it's Woody Washington or DJ Graham or Deller and Turner yell, but how can, how can Oklahoma slow him down? What would you do? Uh, you got to get in the passing lanes. It's really what it comes down to you. You, uh, the thing with Texas tech is your linebackers have to be athletic. Um, they have got to be able to play in space. And that's the big thing because they do a lot of quick screens. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of different looks on the in the run game. Uh, so you've got to have linebackers who can get out in space. And, that, and that's the one thing that, you know, like Texas was so was able to do and was able to hurt them was because they did have athletic linebackers. Now they've been banged up now, so it doesn't look as as impressive. But also, you've got to be able to get off the edge because the one thing I would tell you when you're attacking a Texas Tech offense that's run by Henry Columbia, he has got zero pocket awareness. Mm. So if you can, you know, if you can crash the edge with uh, with the two guys that we know so much about, you know, Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, Oklahoma's got so many defensive linemen who can make plays. You know, Jalen Redmond, uh, you know, Perrion Winfrey. You know, he's more known as the nose tackle, the the block eater, but he, he creates disruption as well. And so that's the thing with him is you can come back on his backside, you know, you know, arc around back around to the quarterback because he's not showing any pocket awareness. Uh, and, and, you know, he's he's not going to run as much as a, a Donovan Smith. So I think if if you if you get consistent pressure without having to blitz, I think that really helps you. Yeah. And. Again, it's it's a I think it's a more talented team than probably people want to give it credit for because you do have the two running backs that are really solid and you got two wide receivers that can make some plays uh, with the ball in their hands. Even they don't have to just be catching the ball. It, it, they can get it on a short bubble screen and make plays and make guys miss. And that's that's an area where Oklahoma's really struggled is they they've been having issues tackling on the perimeter. And it sounds like that's going to be one of the things that's going to be challenged this week against the Sooners defense. Now. Looking at Texas Tech's defense, where are some of the weight areas that they've really struggled? Uh, you know, they they give the 70 to to Texas. You know, they had a little bit of difficult time slowing down Kansas State in the second half last week. What 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 has been some of their struggles defensively? Yeah, I think it's dealing with the passing game and a little bit of the running game as well. Uh, so, you know, you you got that dual threat back there with with Caleb Williams, and he's gonna find a way to get the ball. Uh, you know, it's going to depend on how DeMarcus Fields plays in this game. You know, how does Adrian Fry play in this game? You know, I think you can go at Dunlap, the junior cornerback, who's wearing number eight, or and Rashad Williams. You know, those are guys that I think that you can go at. Um, you know, Eric Monroe, the LSU corner or transfer, uh, playing safety, you could possibly attack him. And, and the thing is, you're gonna you're gonna have those opportunities with them. They like to play a lot of the. Uh, a lot of base defense because the one thing that you will struggle with with dealing with Texas Tech defense is their linebackers. They're extremely good, yeah. and so it's it's going to be a matter of can you get enough out of you know uh, up front? Uh, can you deal with the guys inside like Jalen Hutchinson, Tony Bradford? You know, can you deal with those guys inside because in the in the three three defense that they like to run. Uh, those linebackers are very athletic. Colin Schooler is the guy, Sam linebacker, you really got to deal with. But I think you can take advantage of Texas Tech when you're playing with your tight ends, whether it's uh, Jeremiah Hall, who's kind of that H-back fullback. 
you know, whether it's Stogner or Braden Willis, you know, I think you can really attack them with that. And, you know, I even want to go back to Texas Tech offense for a second. You know, they're going to have to deal with Travis Koontz, who's a who's a bigger tight end. Uh, you know, Mason Tharp, he's six foot nine. You know, like you just throw it up. I mean, yeah. I mean, just, you know, alley oop it. Basically, he's a he's a basketball player back there. But, you know, that's where I think you can really get them is if you can find a way to attack those linebackers. It's difficult, but, you know, getting them out on the edge. But also you, you think about it. There's just so many ways that Lincoln Riley can dial up stuff. I mean, he's got so many weapons. Um, you know, Marvin Mims is, is still going to attack you. Uh, you know, Jaden Housewood. I mean, Mario Williams. I mean, there's guys after guys after guys. So my question for you is Theo East playing or is he? We still- we still haven't heard anything definite okay. on him yet. Uh, him, uh, Mario Williams, Michael Woods, you know, Theo East, I think, is the guy that still has some time left to get back. Williams and Woods, they might be back this week. It's still uncertain. Uh, I mean, so their their wide receiver core is definitely taking a hit, but they still got Drake Stoops making plays for him when he gets the mm-hmm. opportunities. You know, uh, Trayvon West, who actually had entered the portal back in the wintertime, uh, came back during the summer. He had a big uh, reverse for a 66-yard game this past week. Uh, he, he's made a few plays in the couple of weeks before. He had a catch for 35 yards. Um, so he, he's a guy that can make a few plays for him too. It's just, they're, they're not as deep at the, at the receiver position as they have been. And, you know, aside from Jeremiah Hall, they haven't really gotten a ton out of their tight ends this year. Austin Stogner has been kind of a, um, I don't know. I, I, the, the, the guy that you expected to, to have a breakout season, but hasn't had that yet. And I don't know if he's not yet fully healthy. Uh, from you know his devastating knee injury and the infection that occurred after that but that's a guy that we're we're still expecting to break out yet but just hasn't done it I think a lot of that has to do with the inconsistencies that you were dealing with a quarterback with Spencer Rattler yeah Um, and then obviously you know now with Caleb Williams there's there's still that that growth that you're expecting from your quarterback and, and you know anytime you bring in a new quarterback you know it's the same thing at texas tech uh you know once they get comfortable and you know henry columbia having to come in for tyler shug so you know and he looked good but henry columbia i'm, I'm just going to be honest with you the last two weeks have been terrible so i wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot more donovan smith in this game uh, especially with that passing that pass rush that oklahoma has uh, and so I would not be surprised one bit. Well, and that's a guy that could exploit something in Oklahoma's defense that Jason Bean did last week, which mm-hmm. was the, the read option game. Like, oh, yep. I've, I've been harping on that all week because it just baffles me still that Oklahoma struggled so much with the read option because it's something they've seen several times this year and they see it in practice with Caleb Williams. I was about to say, do they not see it in practice every day? Like you, you gotta think. And, and I, you know, I, I don't know if Alex Grinch just isn't drilling that at all, or if the guys just aren't, it's just not sinking in, or if it was just one of those days that they were just not focused on their keys and nobody was, you know, containing, like playing the contain role to wait for the quarterback to make the decision, then make the play. They got a little bit better whenever Nick Bonito was the guy that was on the read option, making the read because then they slowed it down. But when it, was any, when it was anybody else, the guy was just crashing on the, on the running back and Bean was pulling it and coming out the backside. And, um, but yeah, that's something that, you know, Bishop would be able to exploit this week if, if they put him in there on that. I think even like 
using some RPO action, I think we'll be able to exploit Oklahoma's defense a little bit because they are hyper aggressive. And when they come crashing downhill, there'll be, you know, opportunities just behind the linebackers. I think the biggest problem, and I'm sure you've written about this as Sooners Wire, uh, but I think the biggest problem that you're going to have this weekend is who's covering that six foot three, 220 pound wide receiver in Eric Mm -hmm. Ezekama. You know, he gave, he gave Houston fits. He gave Texas fits. I mean, he gives everybody fits. Everybody. Um, it's, 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 can the quarterback get him the ball consistently? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and like I said, he looked healthy last week. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he does. Uh, Kalen Geiger is going to be another guy that you're going to have to watch out. I mean, he's, he, he kind of reminds me, he's a little bit bigger, but he kind of reminds me in a way of Jakeem Grant. Um, mm-hmm. Just in the way that they can use him and how shifty he can be in open space. Uh, Miles Price, you know, I mean, Tech has no, and, and Dalton Rigdon, uh, Tech, much like Oklahoma, has no shortage of, of playmakers. It's just yeah. a matter of putting it all together. That's that's the big deal. Can Tech put it all together in a game? Yeah, and, and for, for us, like, you know, the huge key, it just seems like every week we talk about it and it's tackling. You know, Eric Ezekanma, he averages 9.8 yards after the catch per reception. Like you're, you know, you don't want to not get that guy the, down on first the, contact. The problem that people uh, that I've noticed from watching tech football this year is when people try to tackle Eric Ozukama, they try to go up high. No, yeah. this dude is built like a tank. Yeah. He will run through you yeah. and, and he does. And um, I think I, I cannot remember the exact number, but it was an obscene number of missed tackles in that game against Houston to open the season. I think he had 11 or 13 missed tackles Mm -hmm. uh, just from running through people because they were trying to arm tackle him and go high. Yeah. He looks like he's got a lot of like Des Bryant to his game with maybe more speed, you know, he's a little bit bigger than Des was, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's physical guy. He's going to beat you downfield. Like he can outrun you and outrun anybody on your defense. And, and we'll have more of my conversation with Patrick Kahn of the third down conversion. Big fan of the Texas Tech Red Raiders coming up next. But let me talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. They got a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. And then we got to talk to you about our friends at built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Great tasting, 100% real chocolate. When you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious, so many flavors. They got raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. My favorite is the peanut butter brownie. Also love that coconut almond. It hit it hits home every single time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order over at built.com. I mean, that to me, that's, that's the big key, but also slow in the run game. Oklahoma has been pretty good against the run. Last week, they, they were a little bit, uh, you know, exposed a, a bit, you know, by, by Kansas. 
Golly. Um, but I, I think Texas Tech might be able to do some things on the ground too. You know, it, it's just going to be a matter of, are they going to be better at the point of attack this week than they were last week? You know, last week they got pushed around a little bit. Now Alex Grinch even mentioned it. He's like, a lot of guys were just pretty satisfied getting blocked and they were okay with it. And I'm like, that, that's not a good thing for your de- defensive coordinator to be saying about your, your front. Right. But, and I'll also say that uh, Kansas did, for all that we joke about Kansas football, that is a well-coached football team. And it's, it's a team getting better. Like, yeah. Lance Leipold was a home run of a hire. I mean, this guy has got a championship pedigree. Uh, he may not have won at the D one level, but he knows how to build a program. And clearly we're seeing, you know, you know, a little bit of it is the Oklahoma struggles, which I know that you sit there each week and you're like, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. I don't know why we're struggling each and every week, but I think it was a combination of that and uh, Lance Leipold coach teams or they're well coached. Yeah. Kansas was ready to play. Like it was clear that Oklahoma wasn't, but Kansas exploited a lot of things that Oklahoma has struggled with this year. Not, and it wasn't just that Oklahoma didn't really show up. I feel like Kansas had a great game plan in that game and it, and it showed, I mean, I, I, I've been really impressed with what Kansas has been able to do this year. Um, even in the losses, I feel like, you know, they, they hung with coastal for about two and a half quarters. The same with Duke, like they've been in some games that you might not expect them to be in, in years past. And, and it's just like trending in a good direction for them. And who knows where that leads and who knows if they're going to have the patience to let Lance Leipold just continue to build that program. They'd be foolish to not let them, you know, just like have the years, but because who knows, like maybe somebody pulls him away. Like you don't want to let this guy go because he wanted to come to Kansas. But yeah, I, I've been impressed. And, and I'm, you know, I think this game is going to be close. Like I, I still think, you know, Oklahoma is, is still going to be playing a lot of close games this year. I, you know, I think that it's a, a high scoring game, not quite like the 2016 game at all, but I think it's going to be one where both teams are in the thirties. I, in my Sooners wire prediction, I, I had it 37, 31 for Oklahoma or sorry, 37, 30 for Oklahoma. I just think they're just a team that's going to be playing a lot of one score games right now. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't touch that 19 to 21 point spread. Not I mean, a chance. I, I would, I would take tech to cover that. Yeah. I don't think tech's going to win this football game. Um, but I think they keep it close. Uh, I, I think that the, the struggles with Oklahoma have been, I mean, well-documented, right? Um, we, we've heard about, and I know you've talked about it at length on your podcast, but um, I don't think that those are things that they can change in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, like you said, the, the problem that they're going to have this week in playing Texas Tech is there's not a more dangerous team than a team who's got nothing to lose. Yep. Um, they've already fired their head coach. So really they're playing with house money, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you when it comes to gearing up for a game, even if I'm covering it and not playing the game, uh, there's nothing. I don't want to play a desperate team <laughs> because, yeah. uh, because they're, they give it everything they got and, and, you know, they're, they're going to, and I'm sure there's going to be a time in this game where tech's tech is going to drop some plays that you haven't seen. Um, this year from them and and you know we'll, we'll kind of see uh, I know the energy was pretty good with tech this week with practice despite the news 
um, you know, it was somber, uh, you know, as far as meeting with Matt Wells for the final time before he left. But, you know, they, they practice with good energy. And, they, I, you know, I think kind of like you said, Kansas ready to play. I think Texas Tech is going to be ready to play this game at 2.30 uh, on Saturday. It's, it, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, the fact that LSU is off this week, so I actually get to sit down, um, enjoy a, a college football game and not have to worry about working. Uh, so it's going to be fun to watch, but I kind of, you know, I want to be able to, I want to see some growth from tech. I want to see them open it up. The one thing that I, I constantly say with this hire that they're going to do is make Texas tech fun again. Yeah. Bring the two thousands back. And I, I don't know how you do it. I mean, with anything short of hiring Leach again, which I know is not going to happen, right. um, you know, but make Texas tech fun again. Cause uh, when I watch a Texas tech team that struggles on offense, there's much, nothing more demoralizing than that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that's, that's what got you over, you know, in the 2000 to 2010 run, it's like, you might not have been good enough on defense to contend with the top of the big 12 every single year, but there might've been that one year where your defense was good enough to get enough stops and your offense was so good that you were threatening the Texases and the Oklahomas. I mean, it happened and, in 2008 and right. uh, 2007 and, and 2011. I mean, so you saw it. I mean, 2008, yeah. they went 11 and two. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible. Absolutely. It's uh, possible. I'd, lo- I'd love to see it again. And, and we'll, it's, we'll see. But it's what you said. It's making Texas Tech fun. And I think what was the big draw was, Hey, we're going to, we're going to sling it. We're going to get into shootouts. We're going to play free open offensive football and we're going to make other teams stop us we're not going to worry about you know who's on the other side we're going to run our scheme and we're going to do it well and i think that's where you know like you know we talked a lot of you know through text and stuff about potential hires that texas tech could have like i know people don't always want to go back to players that played for the program or coaches that had previously coached the program but i mean there's something to be said to go in with a guy that has some experience in your program in a time when it was it's most successful because they saw like, this is the thing that really helped us draw kids and it helped make Texas tech, the, the exciting place to play and created the atmosphere that I think, you know, Lubbock is one of the great college football atmospheres. It's probably one of the most underrated, especially for a night game. And it's so much fun and there's so much energy, but a lot of that was the Mike Leach, Texas tech red Raiders. And that's, that's where they need to, they kind of need to get back to. And, you know, Sonny Cumbie could bring that back. Sonny Dykes might be a guy that could bring that back too. There's a lot of really strong options out there. And I know tech fans hate to hear this name, but I want to see the same energy at football games as I saw when Chris Beard was on the sideline uh, at Texas tech basketball games. Cause uh, you have to admit a Texas tech basketball game the last couple of years, that was electric. Um, If if you got a chance to go to the, I think they call it the United Sports, supermarkets arena now it used to be called the united spirit arena uh but uh, the usa as they call it uh that was electric uh, and you're right about night games at jones at&t stadium in lubbock texas it gets weird mm-hmm. i don't know what it is it's night games in lubbock are, are crazy and we haven't got a chance to have a whole lot of night games in recent years because of the team's performance so i'm hoping that somebody can build that whether it is a graham harrell yeah. You know, whether it is Jeff Trailer, uh, Sonny Dykes. I mean, I would love Sonny Dykes just because his dad was a coaching legend. And, you know, so bring it fun, make it fun again. But, you know, 
either way, I'm looking forward to this game because I do agree with you. I think this is a close game. I think it's a. I think Oklahoma wins by a little bit more than what you said. I'm thinking like a 41-30 game, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. 41-31. I could see a 10-point swing either way, uh, but I, you know, I, I don't think they cover. Uh, but I do expect Oklahoma to win this football game. Uh, but I still think it's going to be entertaining. Um, might be a little stressful at times, but I think it's going to be entertaining. And that's the fun thing about these Oklahoma, Texas tech matchups. I feel like they're always entertaining. They always provide some, something, like you said, something weird. And a lot of that's the night games in Lubbock, but I, I just, I don't know for me, like this is one of the more underrated rivalries. I think it's not really a rivalry, but it's one of the more underrated matchups in big 12 play. I think I, I just, it's one I've always kind of enjoyed just cause I like seeing, especially like when tech wears the all black, I think that's one of the best uniforms in college football. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's until Oklahoma proves to me that they can win consistent, you know, consistently big blowout games. I have a hard time picking them to win by more than a score. I, I know they did it a couple weeks ago against TCU, uh, but I, that's a team that's reeling as well. I, I think they're a team that's kind of heading down, down a dark path with Gary Patterson. But uh, yeah, I, I think, this is going to be a close matchup. Patrick, it's been a blast having you on the show again. We'll have to make sure we do this more regularly because a wealth of college football knowledge, football knowledge in general, and uh, especially getting you in on some Texas Tech football. So thanks for for coming by, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, hey, make sure you go, you go read some stuff over at LSU Tigers Wire. Got, got some great insight into SEC football too. And he's, he's going to be getting Big 12 Oklahoma ready for uh, the SEC at one point so he's going to introduce us to sec football it's it's coming soon yeah i think i think it's going to be a lot sooner than most people think but it's it's going to be a lot of fun whenever that happens so make sure you go follow patrick on twitter at pat sports guy you also hey pat what's your podcast you also have a podcast now what's it called uh it's called the third down conversion yeah so make sure you go check that out that's just football in general some nfl some college football hey if there's a high profile high school game, you never know. The third down conversion might talk about it. I might talk about Arch Manning. You there you know. go. Never know. Arch Manning, he might be worthy of talking about. He's a, he's a big name. Yeah, he's kind of big. Yeah, it's, it's kind of kind a big, of a big kind, of, kind of kind of a big. big. All right. Hey, and that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Make sure you are subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcast. We are free and available on every platform. Like I said, coming next week, jumping on the YouTubes. So you'll get to see this face as we talk football. It's going to be a lot of fun there. So make sure you're subscribed over there. I'll shoot that link out on Twitter and Facebook. So make sure you are following and liking those pages as well. But until Monday, we'll see you next time. Boomer Sooner. Wreck them. Boomer Sooner.